which is very uh, relevant to today. But it's a hymn which um, has been uh, sort of, uh, I look back now on my life, okay, was uh, uh, very, very important in, in somehow impressing upon me as a young person, okay, the reality of the life of Christ. I can vividly remember uh, as a teenager back in Wales, um, the, the apostolic churches in the South Wales district would once a year gather uh, in the capital of Wales, Cardiff, for what they called a youth rally. It was a Saturday, and uh, there would be two services, one in the afternoon and one in the evening. And uh, it was all focused on youth and youth participation. Uh, and um, I can see it now. It's a huge, huge church that seated over 2,000 people. And it was completely full uh, of primarily young people. And every year, this hymn used to be sung. And um, I look back now and, and I realize that it, I was doing something in me which I didn't realize at the time. But it's a hymn which I think sort of is very relevant to uh, uh, today. It's talking about the risen Savior. And um, the words go like this, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him is always near. And the chorus goes on, it says, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. And then rhetorically, it says, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. And then it says, you ask me how I know he lives. And then answers that question. He says, he lives within my heart. You see, the important thing this morning for you and me is to know not just because it is taught, not just because it words in the Bible. It's not what the Bible says regarding that he lives. It's important for you and me to know that he lives this morning because of the fact that he lives within me. Amen. How many can say this morning, I know he lives because he lives within me. Amen. Praise God for that reality, that truth. It's a Sometimes, like, the, like uh, the Scots say, it's better felt than told. <laughs> Amen? It's something that's there. We can't, uh, in some ways, explain it, but there's a reality, there's a witness, there's a testimony deep down within us of the, uh, the reality of the life of Christ. We have been born again by the Spirit of God. Amen? The message of my... The title of my message this morning is A Lifetime Guarantee and More. A Lifetime Guarantee and More. 
But, um, uh, we'll get to that uh, as we go on. But I, w I want, first of all, to, to uh, consider some thoughts regarding the cross this morning. So I'll put the first scripture up. Uh, scriptures up. It says, for the, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And Paul then says <clears throat> later, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. You see, to maybe the same as that uh, atheist writer who put that thing on the internet this morning, it's difficult for people to uh, uh, grasp hold of the fact that death actually, in, in this instance, means victory. That in death, there is power. It's, it's, it's something that's totally uh, uh, against normal logic or understanding, that by dying, Christ could have gain victory. The message of the cross foolishness. And Paul says elsewhere, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Again, as it says, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And, and we need to understand that context of why those words are using. In fact, uh, they are uh, uh, synonyms for the, uh, the religious and the philosophical. You see, as it says, the cross to the Jews or to religious people is a stumbling block. We say so often that the gospel is not a religion. See, religion says that I have to observe rights. I have to do things. I have to gain favor with uh, my God. And, and uh, for the Jews, that w was a problem. When the gospel says that you didn't have to do anything, but you just had to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, they couldn't understand it because they'd been brought up with religion. They'd been brought up with the, uh, uh, the teaching that you have to do something. You have to gain God's favor by doing certain rites and, and, and following certain rules. That is a sort of uh, standard uh, in religion. But then, of course, uh, uh, the philosophers, they, they looked at it and, and they said, no, that, that's too simple. It's too simple. But praise God this morning. I trust that with me this morning, you, you who are here and those who are listening, uh, that you know the truth of the reality, that by putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been saved. Our sins have been forgiven. We have been set free. I know uh, Pastor Rich uh, um, made some mention of, of some truths uh, which I, I, I wanted to, to also emphasize uh, this morning. You see, we, we need to understand, okay, that uh, Jesus 
was not a victim. Jesus was not a victim. Okay. Um, and on a number of occasions, Jesus laid out to the disciples the reason why he came. You can put the next scripture up, please. Uh, it's uh, a quote from Mark chapter 16, but uh, 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 Matthew chapter 16, so, uh, sorry, uh, uh, and verse 21. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the, end, at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, this is Jesus before he, uh, he, he was crucified. During the time that he was, those three years when he was teaching his disciples, he says, I must go to Jerusalem um, and, and, and suffer. I must die. And I will be raised on the third day. In fact, the, 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 the Greek word that is translated uh, must actually mean, it could, could be translated, it is necessary that I go. It is necessary that I go. It was necessary that Jesus uh, uh, go to die because this was, how, this was how he would redeem us. This is how he would redeem the world. This is how he was going to bring mankind into fellowship with God. He knew that by God's appointment, he was to die. But he was absolutely sure on the third day he would rise from the dead. Again, looking at scripture in John chapter 10, and he says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up. Pastor Rich has already talked about this. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it, take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And then it says, um, another translation, it says, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up. This command have I received from my Father. Thank God for the power of the cross this morning. And praise God this morning that uh, the Word of God says, if, if we, if, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. The, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is central, and Pastor Richard has already mentioned, is central to uh, eternity. Central to eternity. Calvary, Calvary, maybe we can look at it this way. Calvary is a pivot point in eternity. <laughs> it's a point from which Eter uh, uh, creation change, God's creation change. It's a pivot point. And if Christ is not raised from the dead, you and I being here this morning is pointless. <laughs> but we praise God for the fact he, because he lives, we can live also. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and rose again to live forever, and he promised the same to us who believe in him. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus had declared in 
the scriptures are going to be uh, 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 in John chapter 14 and 19. He says this, Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. And because I live, you will live also. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this comes to what I wanted to share, a lifetime guarantee and more this morning. The point is, this promise is twofold. It's a twofold promise. And that's what, what I want to share about a little about this morning. It is a promise of a new life now. Amen. And it is a promise of eternal life. Um, uh, and we're going to put another scripture up in John 10, verse 10. You're familiar with this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen? Amen. And that's the first one. Jesus has said the, the, uh, the purpose of his coming, the purpose of him dying and raising from the dead is a promise of a new life now. Amen? It's an abundant life. It's a full life. It's a satisfying life. And then the second uh, verse says, Jesus said to her, he said to, to this, that is to Martha, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So that's the second part. Even although we will die physically, we're going to live eternally. And those are the two promises. That is the guarantee. That is the lifetime guarantee and more. A good life now and an eternal life with God the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus said, of course, <clears throat> the second uh, scripture said this to Martha. This was around the scene of uh, the resurrection of Lazarus, who had been, he had been in the grave for four days. He'd been dead for four days. And if you remember, they, they said to him, Jesus, you, you can't go near that grave. There's a stench. There's an order there. And, but Jesus went and he, he said, take the, take the stone away. And uh, he declared, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. You see, Jesus was the author and giver of life, and he raised Lazarus from the death. And that was a demonstration even then, before he died and rose again. That was a demonstration of his power over death and was, uh, in a sense, a precursor to his personal victory over death at the resurrection. But it was also a lesson to each and every one, okay, who put their trust in him. That <clears throat> although they were going to die, they would continue to live. But there is hope of life after our physical death. And the Apostle Paul took up this truth in, in uh, the epistle of, first epistle of Corinthians chapter 15. It's not going to be shown up, and I'm going to, but I'm going to read it. It says, if only for this life we have hope, in Christ, we are of all people most pity. In other words, our hope in Christ is more than just for now. It's more than just for now, this life. But Christ is, has indeed been raised from the dead. We read this at funerals very often. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. Amen? 
Hallelujah. But each in his turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Having been born, uh, born our, having borne our, our sins on the cross, Jesus was buried. On the third day, he rose from death to everlasting life. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. At some time yet future from today, when he comes, hallelujah, Jesus is coming back. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. And when he comes, he will raise those who have died in faith. He, they will be raised up with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we're going to have a new body. It's, it's a, body, a, a body that will no longer be subject to corruption. In other words, it will uh, no longer be subject to decay, but it will be a body that's fit for eternity. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, that uh, uh, the, uh, the death will be overcome by what is known as an endless resurrection life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise his wonderful name. There is a spiritual uh, life from death too, which begins now in our earthly walk of faith. Before the second coming, <clears throat> before the bodily resurrection, and I want to just talk a little bit about that this, uh, right now. And we're going to look at the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. It says this. But as for you, you were dead in your trespasses, transgressions, and sins. But because of his great love, that the love of God, <clears throat> because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace you have been saved. And so although physically alive, all of us, the word says, were, before our faith in Christ, we were dead in our sins. There was, a, a, there was death within us, a spiritual death within us. While living in the body, we were spiritually dead. But praise God this morning. But, <clears throat> but God, through Jesus Christ, saves us and makes us spiritually alive. Amen? Hallelujah. How many know you're spiritually alive this morning? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only are you aware that you're physically alive, but you're aware because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that something has happened, that there's now a new life within you. Amen? Hallelujah. There's a new life within you, which you didn't have before coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Galatians chapter uh, 2 says it this way. See, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, we can ask ourselves the question, you know, what did Paul mean by being crucified with Christ? 
And see, when, when we came to Christ, this happens to each and every one of us when we come to faith. Our sins are forgiven. They are, as it were, effectively left at the cross where he paid the price for our sinfulness. Although as followers of Jesus we go on living in the body, things have changed. Things have changed. Amen? It's no longer I, no longer the old, unforgiven sinner who lives. But praise God this morning through repentance and faith in what Jesus did in dying in my place, he now lives in us and gives us eternal spiritual life. Amen? Hallelujah. And it is in this way that we are, in a sense, crucified uh, with Christ. So now the scripture we're going to just look at. It says in, in Romans chapter 6, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Amen. For we have been united with him in a death like this, his. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified in him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Praise God for that this morning. Hallelujah. Sadly, I think too many believers don't realize this truth. Too many believers don't recognize this truth. Amen? That what we have in our lives now, what Christ has put within us, the life that he has put within us, and the Holy Spirit that dwells within us that is activating that life, that it is a life, it, it is a power that God has put in our lives that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's, you know, the, the, when we go through the waters of baptism, that is, a, that is symbolic of what has happened in our lives by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We, go, we are buried and we arise again in newness of life. We bring our sins in faith and repentance to, to the cross. And, and in a sense, we are crucified with Christ. But praise God this, this morning that we are now alive in him. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's complete change. And this requires that we, we, we apply ourselves to that change that God uh, 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 has now uh, brought into our lives. We look at another scripture in Colossians chapter 3. It says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And this is in it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Put to death. Put to death. That's something that we are required to do. 
There's an application of what God has done in our lives in our day-to-day living. Amen? We are to put to death those things which are contrary to the life that God wants us to live. Amen? He's come to set us free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. I want to just go back to, uh, you know, um, you say, well, you know, that, that's a difficult thing. That's a difficult thing. But let me just remind you, and I'm not, the scriptures are not going to be up there, but uh, I, I just want to remind you what, what uh, the Apostle Paul says in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. It says, <clears throat> For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. What the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh. What does that mean? You see, in our humanity, in our humanity, we don't have the inner spiritual strength to overcome temptation, to overcome the forces of sinfulness. In, our, uh, in the likeness of sinful flesh, but praise God for the, what the law could not do in it. It was weak through our flesh. What we couldn't do for ourselves. God did by sending his own son. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. We do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Praise God for that. That's a wonderful... That's a wonderful promise to each and every one of us. We can, through the power of the indwelling Spirit of Christ, live according to the righteousness that God has purposed for each and every one of us. Amen? I can't do it in my own strength. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying, but God has sent Jesus so that we can achieve it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, one of my favorite scriptures if later on in that chapter, and it goes this, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are indebted not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, the, by, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Amen? If, but if, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. We just <coughs> read that scripture. We had to put to death, okay? We can only do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. 
Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God this morning for the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And so we have to submit ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and 24, which will be on the whole already says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. It says, by his wounds you have been healed. And so there's some, there's some more dying to do. There's some more dying to do. But I, I like to look at it this way. I like to put it this way. It, you know, when we think, we, we started off by talking about the fact that the, the, there was power in, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, there is power. And I like to think about it this way. When we put to death the things of the flesh in our lives, we too become powerful. <laughs> Amen? We, t we too become uh, uh, equipped. We become able to fulfill what God has called us to be. Amen? It's, it's a powerful thing. Oh, I, it's difficult to do. It's hard to do. I want to tell you, put it to death, and you will know a new power in your life that you didn't know before. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, we can't, we can't treat sin lightly this morning. We shouldn't uh, treat sin lightly. Jesus died because of our sins. And we should, so uh, as we, we live our lives out from, uh, uh, even after accepting Christ as our personal Savior, let's not treat sin lightly. Jesus died for our sins. Amen? Hallelujah. Timothy tells us, uh, Paul in 1 Timothy tells us, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. And the apostle John says this, and this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Amen? Hallelujah. In, in the Gospel uh, of John, uh, the Apostle says, Truly, truly, I say, Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So many things we could continue to, to share uh, along those lines this morning. But I'm thank God for this morning for the, a lifetime guarantee. Amen? Hallelujah. In this life, abundant life. After I die, eternal life. Amen? Brought back to life by the power of a resurrection. Amen? Hallelujah. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. Amen? Hallelujah. How powerful is that? How powerful is what God has put in, inside you? How powerful is it if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body? That's the power. It's the, that's the power that God wants you and me to experience in our life and how to live 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us the, 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 that power, which was the same power that raised Christ uh, from the dead. The righteous will live by faith. This morning, let's, I, <clears throat> if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never made that commitment. The Bible says the righteous will live by faith. And so this morning, I, I encourage you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to turn your life fully over to him and, bege and, and begin right now in this life to walk, yes, in the eternal life that Jesus has promised to those who fall, follow him. Amen. So it's a life, the guarantee of life now and for eternal life. But uh, let's just stop for a moment and consider that. You see, your eternal life has started right now. Your eternal life has started right now. Amen? Hallelujah. It's an eternal life. See, in some respect, it's a life that is not a timeline life. It's a quality of life, if you can put it that way. God has given us eternal life, and it is that eternal life that gives us abundant life in this limited life that we have on earth, but it will continue in heaven. Amen? Praise God for that this morning. Are, are you happy you've got a, guarantee, a lifetime guarantee? Are you happy you've got a lifetime guarantee? But not just for this life, for eternity. A lifetime guarantee and more. May the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as Pastor Omri was uh, crescendoing there, and you forgot your mask, but that's okay. As, as Pastor Omri was crescendoing there, and people started reacting, it reminded me that, uh, as I said before, um, you know, there might be certain rules and so on and so forth, but nothing stopping you from speaking uh, where you are. And many of you before expressed, uh, you know, from when we, were, when we were doing worship, many of you expressed, because he lives, I can live tomorrow. And I think it's important that we leave here in the fullness of joy that is found in the resurrected Savior. Amen? So if you can, I'm asking you to stand up, okay? Because I don't think you can be joyfully in the resurrection seated down. I don't know if, if, if you can stand. You know, Caleb is full of the joy of Jesus, I can see, but he's just got that <laughs> leg bothering him right now, right? And I, I think this uh, right now, okay, that it's important. Many Christians around the world are going to church today for the one time of the year because it's Easter, okay? And God bless them. I'm glad they're at least going once. Okay, but let's, not, let's let, not let it become something where it's just like, well, I'm going because it's Easter. I'm going because it's Christmas. In fact, if, I was thinking when Pastor Armour was praying for people to maybe come to faith in Jesus Christ for the first time, I was thinking, what a great day to become a Christian, Easter Sunday. You'll never forget when you became a Christian. It's always the biggest day of the year. It's a great day. So if today you've made that choice to follow Jesus, what an awesome choice you made. But for all of us who are already following Jesus or those who are thinking about it, don't let this be just like, well, that, was, well, that felt good. Or, oh, I felt encouraged. You know, part of that's because we're finally together again and so on and so forth. But let the reality or the knowledge of the resurrected Savior take a grip of every part of your life, your heart and your mind. Amen? So I wonder this morning, and I'm asking you to sing it. I'm asking you to say it out loud. I wonder if anybody wants to say he's, he is risen or he's alive or whatever version you want to say of that. Anybody want to shout one out for me? He's risen. Amen? You, amen. Anybody else? 
Come on now, we're getting used to being Pentecostal again. Let's go. I know it's hard because it's like, you ever had a lawnmower that won't start and you're, you're pressing that gas button, you're flooding the gas tank? Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Come on now. Remember, before the pandemic, you were allowed to say whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Okay? So, is he alive? Yeah, okay, let's hear it. Is he risen? Amen. Right? He's alive, right? Anybody else? Come on now. I'll do, we'll, do, we'll do one of those sons, old school ones. I'll count to three, and then we'll all say, he is risen. That'll, that'll get you all verbally saying something, okay? And then you'll go back to single, okay? One, two, three. He is risen. Okay, so now everybody has said something. So now it's just not getting to where you got to do it yourself. Okay, so it's it's like you ever been at a Habs game and there's 21,000 people and everybody's going go Habs go go Habs go and then it dies out and there's still one guy going go Habs go be that guy okay although the Habs game is normally because he's had a few too many right but here it's because you're just so full of the joy of the Lord amen so anybody want to just say right now he is alive anybody come on now actually not he I'm sorry Jesus is alive. Anybody want to say, Jesus is alive? Anybody? Uh, Jesus is alive. And he's not just alive like over there or up in the sky or whatever. He's alive in you. Amen? By the Holy Spirit. So go out there, spread that joy. Okay? So for those of you who are going to work tomorrow, don't go to work like, back to work. Here we go again. I got a case of the Mondays. Better get my coffee. Don't be that person. Okay? Show up unreasonably happy. Okay? So unreasonably full of the joy of the Lord. Why? Because you've just celebrated the greatest moment in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And someone's going to say, what? you're way too happy for a Monday. You're far too good mood for a Monday. Or on your Zoom, you're going to have a weird glow about you in the Zoom call. Okay? People are going to say, what's going on? What kind of filter did you get? Oh, it's no filter. It's the glory of the resurrected Savior. Amen? And no. if you get fired, you get fired. Okay? Amen? It's okay. Right? Because it's all about living for Jesus. It's not just something that's uh, for us to keep inside and then, oh, nice, and we have our little comfy club. Okay? It's for the world to know that what we're celebrating today is the most pivotal moment in human history, not just for me and for you, but for everyone. Amen. We wish we were all a fantastic week. Pray God's blessing over all of you. Remember that we're meeting together as long as we can. We'll be updating you. If you're not following us, please watch this scrolly thing as it goes by that Patrick did. It's fantastic. Look, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, website, email. Please, so you can see what's going on, find us, so on and so forth, and we look forward to speaking with you all. God bless you, and happy Easter.